Hello and welcome to the DSM Culture Cast, where we interview leaders and creators in Greater Des Moines arts, culture, food, and philanthropy scenes. I'm Luke Manerfeld with DSM Magazine. Today I have multiple guests on the show, all of them with Ballet Des Moines, which has been rehearsing and performing for its online season that will be broadcast on Iowa PBS. We have Blair Massa, Executive Director, and Amelia Grubb, one of the dancers, to discuss the season, their ballet stories, and more. I had a lot of fun with this one, and I hope you do too. As always, if you want to listen to more episodes like this one, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. We are wherever you get your audio. Also, be sure to check out more great content from DSM online at dsmmagazine.com or on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On the last podcast, we chatted with local artist Antoine Clark. That was also a really, really fun one. So make sure to check that out if you haven't yet. All right, let's jump into the conversation. All right, I'm back with our guests. We've got Blair and Amelia with us today. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, thank you. I want to give uh, the audience a little bit of who... Um, you guys are. So I want to go down the line. Can you introduce yourself uh, so everyone can kind of recognize your voices? Tell us a little bit about your background in ballet, kind of like where where you started in ballet, what you love so much about it. Um, And Blair, we can start with you just to kind of give you your background a little bit. Sure. Well, I'm the executive director of Ballet Des Moines. I've been in Des Moines for a little over a year. Um, I actually grew up in the world of ballet. So uh, my mother was a ballet dancer and I was passed around the rehearsal studio when I was an infant. And um, after growing up in the UK and getting an economics degree, I ended up in the world of arts administration. So I, um, I've been in the field for around 10 years, a little over 10 years. And um, I previously worked in DC uh, with the Washington Ballet and some other independent um, nonprofits and schools, and then made it here, like I said, about a year ago. And I'm just thrilled to be working in the community in Des Moines, but also with the fabulous dancers. I'm glad Amelia is here with me um, to introduce herself and tell you a little bit more about what they've been doing in the studio this year. So uh, I'm Amelia Grubb. I'm originally from the DC area and started my ballet training there. Um, I went straight from training professionally in high school to a ballet company. I've danced with companies in Columbia, South Carolina, DC, London, and Richmond, and now Ballet Des Moines. So this is actually my fifth season with Ballet Des Moines, and you can say I like it here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome to hear. Um, obviously, this season's been unlike we've uh, one we've never seen before with the pandemic and everything. I guess how has it been going, Amelia? I guess on the dancer side, uh, it's virtual. So uh, Blair also told me you've been rehearsing, you know, most days of the week. How has it been for you uh, adjusting to this new normal? I guess. So coming back to the studio in September was just such such a comfort, such a joy after being away from the studio, the dancers, the atmosphere. Uh, for so long, and it just felt like suddenly it was normal again. Obviously, it's not because we're not, you know, working towards that live performance that we're so used to. But in the rehearsal, you know, time, it is feels normal because you're still working. You're still working to achieve this goal, this art that you're aiming to create for for people to enjoy. So it, it's it's that space that that we love so much, and it feels so good to be there. <laughs> Yeah. What's maybe the biggest difference for you? 
Uh, definitely when we were recording in PBS, performing for film rather than for a live audience was very different. And, um, you know, you really get that reciprocal audience energy when you're dancing for, you know, a whole auditorium full of people. And um, it's, you know, it's not the same when you're, it's just a camera. So is that like a switch you have to flip in your mind uh, that, you know, this is showtime, even though there's not a crowd there? Definitely. Yeah. You kind of have to imagine the people, you know, who, are, who would be watching you. You're still performing for the people, but it's more a mental thing rather than a presence. They're actually there. <laughs> yeah. And, and Blair on the, in the organizational uh, organization wide and on the, you know, uh, leadership side, what's been different for you this fall? Pretty much everything. Um, <laughs> this is, not really what a normal season looks like at all for a ballet company, but in some ways it's been a really exciting and interesting adventure to figure out how we can continue doing what we do and sharing our work um, with our community in a completely different way. And so um, it's been scary at times um, and definitely a challenge, but uh, it's, it's also just been really, really interesting and fun. And I've Actually, I feel like we're coming out the other side, although it's far too early to say that, but it feels like we've achieved something that I don't think at the beginning of the pandemic, I necessarily thought we'd be able to do, which is bringing the dancers back in a way that feels even close to normal and having them create just such an incredible body of work that we can then share in ways, through our partnership with Iowa PBS, we're able to share it in ways that honestly, it's it's almost impossible to share a live performance because of just physical, accessibility um, constraints. And so I really am excited to see how widely we can um, we can share our joy and our work. So I, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but um, it's definitely not been normal. <laughs> yeah, and, and could you walk us through for the audience a little bit about what this virtual season looks like? Like you said, it's gonna be broadcast in Iowa PBS, but I guess what's kind of the, the plan going forward uh, in terms of uh, when people can tune in for that stuff? That's right. I just got off a call with another arts leader in our city and plan is a strong word is what he said to me. But I will um, tell you what we what we think is happening, which is that we have recorded seven ballets or we will have recorded seven ballets once we finish this season uh, in a few weeks. And they will all be aired over the course of three um, full length broadcasts with Iowa PBS. They'll also be streamed digitally. So they'll be accessible on a number of platforms um, all for free. There's no paywall or performance fee. Um, the first of those is going to be Peter and the Wolf. It's available. It'll be broadcast on December 18th. I believe we're having a screening on the 19th, um, which will be really exciting. A little bit like an opening night. And um, and then that will be followed by two triple bills. So six, six other works um, that will be gathered into two productions. And uh, those really run the gamut and show off our dancers in all of their talent and just their broad range. We've got a partnership with Max Wellman that's set to jazz music, um, a lot of Frank Sinatra style uh, pieces that is just really fun and flirty. And then we've got um, some really strong contemporary work. We had two visiting choreographers, one from Oklahoma City Ballet and one from Richmond Ballet. The um, Associate Artistic Director of Richmond Ballet came, uh, Mark Hong, and his work information they're working on right now. I mean, they may have been dancing that earlier today. Yeah. Um, and let's see, we also have two partnerships with live musicians from our wonderful city. So we've been working with the Bellin Quartet and some woodland musicians from the Des Moines Symphony. They helped us to bring Peter and the Wolf to life. And that's a world premiere production that we did. Um, and then we also, let's see, what did I miss? Ryan, 
created <laughs> a little levity, which is a piece to some Mozart. And it's um, absolutely beautiful, but also very lighthearted. Uh, I remember talking to him when he came to create the work on the dancers and he felt that we all needed uh, a little laughter during this period of our lives. And so that's, that's a really exciting um, addition to the, to the roster. And then we're also gonna be presenting some classical excerpts. Um, I'm not sure that all of those have been decided, but I think you might see a little Swan Lake, you might see a little of Lake Corsair. Um, some classical favorites and beautiful tutus to go along with them. So it's going to be a really wonderful um, broad range of a season and they're going to be three full-length broadcasts to show it off. So there'll be more information about when that's coming, but that's that's pretty much what the season looks like. And the, the beginning of the broadcast is in December. That sounds really exciting. And one thing that's been really cool to see interviewing, you know, local arts and culture organizations is the partnerships that are being created. Like you said, the Symphony, Noche, all these different places you... You guys are all coming together, and I think that's really awesome to see. What's been the feedback from the community so far and from other arts and culture organizations about how you've pivoted and adjusted and your plan going forward? Well, honestly, the collaborative aspect of this season has been one of my favorite parts too, Luke. I um, Des Moines has this incredible energy around networking and lifting each other up um, in its nonprofit and arts communities, and I have been grateful for, for all of that energy and effort but um, it has really just been joyful to be able to find solutions to these um, these issues with team, by teaming up with um, some of our, our peers and our partners in the community. So I agree that that's been one of the best parts and the feedback has been great. One of the most exciting projects I think that's received quite a bit of um, attention is the Peter and the Wolf project alongside, um, you know, it's an educational performance. There is a narrator who is, um, the concertmaster from Des Moines Symphony, Jonathan Sturm, who tells the story. And then the dancers, you, you should probably ask Amelia which character she plays, but the dancers um, portray the characters, obviously. And then we've also, alongside that production, created a, a whole library of educational resources that will be on PBS Learning Media's site, which is just a really another, another facet of what we do, another way to, to inspire and nurture creativity in um, the youth of our community. And that's actually going to be nationally available. So there's a lot of excitement around that piece specifically. But Amelia, do you want to talk about what it's been like to, to partner with all of the um, the community leaders from your side? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, so it's been, it's been so fun, you know, coming together with different musicians, especially when they come into the studio and they play the music live for you. It really just brings each ballet to life even, even more. It just adds that extra texture, the extra layer of energy to the piece. Um, and especially with Peter and the Wolf, because um, we have the instruments and we also have the narrator and he adds sound effects and it's just very playful and just very, very fun. And I'm really excited for, for people to see that and for kids to enjoy it. Um, I think it'll be, it'll be a fun way to see the story come to life. Awesome. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about your backgrounds. Um, I'm going to test you a little bit here. Uh, and I think it'd be a fun one. Uh, what is maybe one of your favorite memories from your your life in ballet? Um, probably performing um, Romeo and Juliet at the Royal Albert Hall in London. Um, it's just, it's it was a ballet in the round. And I have never performed a ballet in the round before or since then. <laughs> uh, so it was a very exciting and interesting experience having an audience all like, around you, usually in ballets, you perform, you know, it's, it's a fourth wall sort of situation. Um, so it really, 
gave it a whole different atmosphere. And also just playing with the London Philharmonic, it was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful production all around. Beautiful artists, beautiful musicians, beautiful space. So it was awesome experience. Yeah, and I'm curious, I mean, uh, like you said, you've been dancing for a while now and having that experience, you have to pinch yourself a little bit that this is what you do. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah, especially, um, and it's interesting because with, with COVID and um, having been quarantined, you know, you really begin to appreciate it even more. You know, it's like when you're in it every day, like, you know, the daily grind, sometimes it's easy to get for granted. And I feel like every dancer after, after, you know, after quarantining has been like, oh my gosh, it's like has such an extra zest in their dancing and extra appreciation for, for what we get to do and how lucky we are. Yeah, and for you, Blair, obviously growing up in a dancing family, like you said, and now on the leadership side, what are some of your favorite memories? Well, hearing Amelia talk about London theaters brings back a lot of memories. <laughs> I was growing up in a city like London, you really are blessed, and not only to perform in some beautiful theaters, which I will hasten to add are not as beautiful as they look behind the stage. I will remember trying to walk down corridors that are approximately a foot and a half wide in a platter tutu. Um, you, you learn a whole bunch of new skills backstage. But um, but in addition to that, I was very lucky to be a ballet teacher for a long time internationally. And some of my, my truest memories are of my students performing and of my students excelling. And I'm grateful for social media for basically only one reason, and that is that I get to keep in touch with a lot of students around the world and see what they're doing. And not all of them have become professional dancers, but almost all of them remember their time, um, whether they were in a professional dance program or just just having fun after school and it has impacted their lives in, in a very deep and meaningful way and being a part of that being a part of that education process and that um that communication between a student and a teacher and allowing them to learn a new language a new way to communicate and a new way to express themselves is just incredibly rewarding and so i think that over time those memories come back the strongest all right amelia i'm going to put you in the spot again you've been in des moines for about five years what do you like most about the city yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I obviously I came from the DC area, so it was a big, a bigger city with um, a lot of traffic. So I, I just I love how how easy it is to you know talk to people and to get involved and to, like be with the community. Um, you know, there are such great restaurants, like arts organizations, so much more than you know what. I mean, I I always make the joke that everyone. All my friends back from Iowa, like uh, Iowa, like Des Moines, like what? People don't know, and that's like it's like a little secret, and I, and I love it, and that's like my favorite part is it's like they don't know, and I just get to enjoy it, and you know, I'll just live live my best life here in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I like that little secret. It's our little secret. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right, Blair. So for the audience members who want to learn more about Ballet Des Moines, where where can they go to learn more, support you? Um, and keep keep updates. Well, I would recommend um, our website, balletdemoine.org, but also our social media feeds. And I apologize for being disdainful of social media. I'm just really terrible at it, which is why I'm <laughs> disdainful. I pretend. Um, but we have an incredible creative director who keeps everyone in our community up to date with um, beautiful behind the scenes images and some video clips of rehearsal. Um, we have fun events. From time to time, we've got one coming up with Wine Fest where you can live stream a rehearsal on Tuesday evening next week. Those are always a really great glimpse of the creative process. And I find those intimate moments with the art to be the most um, 
just really the most exciting that you can actually see these dancers working on working towards their goals and uh, pushing themselves in the rehearsal studio in a way that's different from seeing them on stage. But um, but yeah, we have a lot of social media activity and um, there's a lot going on for Ballet Des Moines right now. So so I hope everybody uh, keeps in touch. Yeah, I know we're really excited to see it all come together here in the next uh, next few months. Well, it's great chatting with you too. I really appreciate you t- taking the time to, to join me on the podcast and happy rest of the season. Thank you. All right. And if you want to listen to more uh, episodes like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast feeds around all of your favorite podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. We'll talk to you all next time.